We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for July 26, 2009. And today we're going to be segueing off the Hebrews Root Study. We're going to hopefully come back to that probably in a, after a couple weeks. We're going to be doing this study and another. And that way it's not so much where we're just totally concentrating on Hebrew Roots for 20, 30 weeks straight, because it's it's going to be a long time before I can get done with that study. That's the reality of it, and uh, we will come back to it, Lord willing. But today, there's a lot of breaking news regarding the swine flu, uh, swine avion flu, because really it's a hybrid, the current strain. It's a hybrid of swine avion and human, and this forced vaccinations and martial law. We're going to be doing updates on that today, and... I've sent out, I know we just did a study, basically it's been about a month to the day that we did our last study on this, it was a three-part study, but I've already received so much information just in the last month on this, literally sometimes putting out a a newsletter every single day or or some type of update every day, that I've got to do another study now because of a lot of the breaking issues that have happened since then and that could greatly affect us in the near future here. So I'm going to go ahead, this is a compilation of a lot of the different reports that I've sent out in the last month. I'm going to to just try to hit the high points here and not go into great depth on any one particular thing, but to give you a general overview of all the different and various facets of this particular topic. Uh, So the first article we're looking at is entitled, Healthcare Reform Insanity, The Feds to Make Home Visits to ensure the population is vaccinated. This is from healthtruthrevealed.com. It's the Crusader newsletter. They've got a really good newsletter if you go up there, healthtruthrevealed.com. And they're born-again Christians. I mean, they're they're real, probably about the only uh, health newsletter where they're pretty open. I've used some of their material before. Um, uh, They've got a lot on vaccinations and a lot on the different, and they they recommend very high-quality uh, nutrients as well up there. Uh, so that's the Crusader, but it's uh, healthtruthrevealed.com. This is from July 24th, so just, you know, a couple days ago here. And it starts out by saying, despite the reports that the Senate won't be passing health care reform until the August recess, there is no time to let your guard down if you don't believe that vaccines are safe and effective. Now, again, if you think that vaccines are safe and effective, you need to go back and listen to the other studies I've done on this particular subject. Uh, The one from last month on the avian flu, I did one before that on the avian flu. And if you go to my my, uh, homepage, it's Sermon Audio, and I will be under Scott A. Johnson in the list of speakers there. If you go to my homepage, uh, what you'll find is there's a little search box. And in that search box, you can key in any word you're looking for. If it's in my keywords and if it's in the title, it will find it. If you key in avion or swine or or whatever, in this case, if you key in vaccinations, it's just part of the word, it will find the uh, the study for you on that. And I've done quite a bit on that. So going further, it says the first Senate draft of the healthcare reform posted on the internet is over 600 pages long. 
Now, they, a big reason they do this is because they make these voluminous documents where they'll hide certain things in the body and it makes it much harder to pick out. Okay, if it was a two-page document, you know, people could go in there real easy, read it real quick, and, you know, expose it a lot easier. So that's why they do it. So there's a subsection in the 600-page document, section 3243E, regarding immunizations, that says that, quote, home visits that promote immunization through education will be part of the agenda. If you want the actual link, they give you the actual Senate Gov link here. Now, I'm going to have, I spent a ton of time putting this this PDF together for this teaching. Uh, I was up to about three last night get, trying to get this done. This is going to be a PDF that will be with this teaching. So the only way you're going to be able to access it, though, is to get on the sermon audio and actually click on the, on the teaching. And you'll see a little box there on the sermon audio page that'll say PDF. And there'll be a green button. You can listen to it. And right underneath that, it'll say PDF. You can click on that. And you can have the full documentation of everything that I'm going over today with the links and everything else that, that you need. So it's on page, this section is on page 394 where the entire immunization section begins. And th this way you know I'm just not making this stuff up or they're not making it up. And you're going to see a lot of cross-confirmation today. <clears throat> so they go on to say this is where we've come in 2009. The feds want everyone to take all the vaccine Big Pharma says we need to be healthy. Under health care reform, they want to set it up so there is a special immunization bureau with thousands of new employees that will go around the country on a door-to-door -door basis, like police officers, to make sure your vaccine records are up to date. If they aren't, you bet that, that they will have it on the books that you will be considered a public health threat. See, that's how what they're going to try to do is stigmatize the whole society into believing that anyone who's not vaccinated is a direct threat to your health and you better turn them in. It's going to be worse than the thought police. You're going to have a lot of people like the, the situation they've tried to create in America with this DARE program with kids where you know, they're, you're encouraged there to you know, turn your parents in if they're doing something bad or if, if you're getting treated... You know, and I understand there's certain times that that should happen. You know, if you have an abusive parent, and particularly if there's sexual abuse and stuff like that going on, but kids today, for the most part, in general, are so spoiled rotten and think that they're just entitled to everything. I mean, all you have to do is be around some of them, or or to see their actions in public. It's like they're entitled to everything, you know, and. The kids have been reared on witchcraft through Harry Potter, through a lot of these demonic video games. I had three requests this week. Three. And, and I mean, this is out of, uh, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, a thing is established. This is the way the Lord will a lot of times direct me on, on what study I need to do. I had three requests this week to do studies specifically on this video game called World of Warcraft. Now think about that name, World of Warcraft. It's, it's witchcraft. The teenagers and the kids are being brought up in this. It's in the video games, it's in Harry Potter. And I am going to do that study, Lord willing, on that uh, 
found out some interesting information already. But, and I'm also going to hopefully do a study, Lord willing, on the Bohemian Grove and uh, that possibly next week. So that ought to be pretty interesting as well. But again, a lot of this relates back to witchcraft. A lot of the themes, a lot of my teachings are witchcraft. Why do I seem to focus a lot on that? Because witchcraft is the essence of the coming one world religion. Now, if we're supposed to know our enemy and we're supposed to reprove the unfruitful works of darkness and have no fellowship with them, and then it goes on to say we're supposed to make manifest these things, if you don't know about your enemy, if you don't know what they're doing, you don't have to get into the gory details, but to give a general overview, a lot of people think, oh, it's just a video game or it's just a book like Harry Potter or it's just a movie. How bad could it be? They don't understand what they're being indoctrinated into. And, you know, the Bible says in Hosea 4 or 6, my children are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And then it goes on to say, because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will be a priest to me, thee no more. And I will also reject your children. So it's very important that we don't want to, we want to make sure we're not rejecting true knowledge. I understand the, the, the primary chief knowledge that you can reject that will damn you to hell is the Lord Jesus Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection, his finished work on the cross, his shed blood. I understand that's the... The chief thing you don't want to reject, but there's other types of knowledge that um, if we reject can be very detrimental to us as well. I mean, and for instance, you could be bringing, thinking there's nothing wrong with Harry Potter. And there's a lot of people in the church too, or this Twilight series that we did. Tons of Christians out there reading, reading those books, bringing these cursed books into your house, reading them, and wondering you know, why their life has turned into a shambles. Not just because of that, but there's probably other factors too. But it sure doesn't help when you're bringing cursed objects into your house. So, going back to this report, they're, they're going to have a uh, special immunization bureau with thousands of new employees to go around the country door-to-door. Make sure your vaccine record's up to date. Uh, welcome to Obamacare. Now, I, we only thought Bush was bad. Obama so much worse than Bush ever hoped to be. I, I, I mean, he's so flagrant, and I understand he's 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 on the strings of his puppet masters regarding the Illuminati. So I'm not going to just blame it all on Obama. But I tell you what, the the agenda they're pushing behind him is more aggressive than anything this the United States have ever seen. Uh, we're heading to Nazi Germany under under him. Now, I'm not saying the Lord can't intervene, and we're going to be looking at some biblical remedies here as well in this teaching. I'm not going to just focus on doom and gloom and and, uh, woe is me type of stuff. We're going to be looking at biblically what we can do about this. It goes on to say, many. how many of you want to see this? what we just talked about become a law? If you don't, then now's the time to get yourself educated about where they're trying to go with health care reform. It is everyone's duty as a freedom-loving American to oppose the, this form of health care reform we are being presented with. Now, I did another email this week on the new health care reform and all of the draconian measures, you know, unlimited um, governmental-funded abortions, free, absolutely free medical care to all illegal aliens. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. It's absolute insanity. It is it is one thing after another. And I'm not making this stuff up. You can look it up for yourself in the provisions, you know, 
the thing is, the nice thing is there's people like this that have already done the work for us, and we can go in, and a lot of times they'll have links like this study does where you can actually go and look and see for yourself. So, the Illuminati, it's well known that they gauge public opinion regarding how far they can implement their draconian agendas. I got into this on the avian flu presentation I did. You can access that up on YouTube as well. I've got the videos up there on YouTube. Just key in Dr. Scott Johnson on YouTube and maybe Avion. And it's well known that they gauge public opinion regarding a particular thing, and that tells them if it's ready to be implemented or not, in full effect or full force. If there's no public outcry on anything, what that tells them is it's a green light and go ahead and go for it. So this is one of the reasons that I try to put this information out. That, But the main reason is that so, so that you can pray about it. Fasting and praying about these types of things, you know, is something that we need to all be doing. And uh, Steve Quayle did a report this week where, you know, he was talking about that. We're going to be looking at that a little bit further. We're going to be looking at some scriptures that relate to this. Because truly that's our only hope, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, educating people is one thing. Praying and fasting, you know, is another. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, you know, I will hear from heaven and heal their land. Okay, that Bible verse you know, something we need to keep in the forefront of our mind. These are issues, at this point, we really need to be getting on our knees every single day about, praying about it. And, um, you know, Jesus said, pray that you be accounted worthy to escape all the things that are coming on this world. He said, do that. And we're coming into that very time, in Matthew 24. So, if we go further, the next, the next uh, study... Or the next article is entitled "Healthcare Bill Will Fund State Vaccine Teams to Conduct Quote Interventions in Private Homes." And this is related to the last one. This is from July 16th. This is CNSNews.com. There's a knock at the front door. Peeking through the window, a mother sees a man and a woman, both in uniforms. They are agents of healthcare reform. Excuse me, ma'am, says the man. Our records show that your 11-year-old daughter has not been immunized for genital warts. Now, I don't know if you know this, but Gardasil, which is one of these ones they're given to all these, these uh, preteen girls, uh, that particular vaccine causes genital warts. It's proven. One of the many... Now, there's been, I don't know how many girls that have died from it. I'm talking dead. They got the vaccine and they're dead. Why isn't that plastered all over the news? I guarantee if a chiropractor or somebody in alternative health care, if they kill somebody, which, you know, essentially never happens, but if that were to happen, it's all over the news. But it's okay for the, for the medical profession and the pharma cartels to kill Hundreds of thousands every single year. And that's not an exaggeration. Between reactions from drugs, between the drugs themselves killing people, between what they call nosocomial infections, which are infections you get in a hospital, uh, between botched surgeries, 
drug interactions, the number one cause of death is the medical profession. If you take all of that, and it's, it's, it kills more than cancer or heart disease. But the reality is, is cancer and heart disease are perpetuated by the medical profession because the drugs don't do anything to actually fix those problems. They may put a Band-Aid on it for a little while, but the drugs have side effects and create liver toxicity, which also sets you up for more cancer. And again, I've done a whole study on, on the pharma industry, just key in pharma in the keyword search box on my homepage on Sermon Audio, and uh, if you have any doubts on that, because the evidence is absolutely overwhelming. And there's a PDF with that that you can access as well. Remember, the word pharma, pharmaceuticals, pharmacy, is derived from the word pharmakia in the Bible, which is the root word for sorcery. And that's exactly what it is. Now, I don't have any problem with emergency health care, save a life, do that. But beyond that, I have just not found it possible to drug somebody into good health. I understand sometimes surgeries are necessary. I had a knee surgery when I was younger, and um, I had a totally torn ligament, and there was no other thing that you could do, and, and, it, and it was a very good thing. So I'm not saying it's always bad. Okay, I'm just talking about the general thing where you see people now on multiple meds, some of these people on 20 meds, medications, and they all have side effects. They're trying to create a very drugged up, dumbed down society. And that type of society is very easy to control. They don't live near as long. That's another goal. And, you know, they're dependent upon the medications, which is what they want. Satan wants you to be dependent upon him. And this is all part of that plan. He wants you to be helpless. If you're a born-again Christian, he wants you to be ineffectual. Do you think that if you're taking all these meds and, and a lot of them are mind-altering, and who knows how much demonic influence there is with these medications and with the vaccinations, because they're evil. We're going to prove that. We already proved it in previous studies. How much of a demonic component may there be with this? How much demonic baggage could you be adopting when you're taking these meds? It's We, we won't really know in this life. Because we... We don't see into that dimension where we can actually see demons and devils and that type of thing. At least most of us don't. Um, but if you were able to see, I think a lot of us would be absolutely horrified and shocked regarding maybe the daily things we might be doing that are opening doors for Satan and hindering us. And I'm not saying that because I think I'm Mr. Perfect. I just believe that we would all be shocked, me, myself, you know, included in that. So, going back to this, uh, this guy, he's not at the front door. He says, "Excuse me, ma'am. Our records show your 11-year-old daughter has not been immunized for genital warts, and your four-year-old still needs the chickenpox vaccine." Says the woman. He will not be allowed to start kindergarten unless he gets the shot, you know, says the man, man smiling from ear to ear. <clears throat> so can we please come in, asked the woman. We have the vaccines right here, she says, lifting up a black medical bag. We can give your kids those shots right now, right in your house. 
We're from the government, says the man, and we're here to help. (laughs) Is this a scene from the overheated imagination of a conspiracy theorist? Or is it something akin to what is actually envisioned by the health care reform bill approved this week by the Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pension Committee? The official committee summary of the bill says it, quote, authorizes a demonstration program to improve immunization coverage. Under the program, the CDC, Centers for Disease Control, will provide grants to states to improve immunization coverage in children, adolescents, and adults through the use of evidence-based interventions. Interventions? Well, you always see these interventions, you know, you, you think of that lately, like these people, you know, they have a, you know, their son is hooked on crack and they have an intervention to come in there and put them in a rehab program. Well, they're actually going to have these teams coming in your house to do an intervention of you or whoever needs to be immunized in that house. States may, may use these funds to implement interventions that are recommended by the Community Preventative Service Task Force, such as reminders or recalls for patients or providers or home visits. End of quote. Home visits, what exactly is the state going to do when it sends people to implement interventions in private homes designed to improve immunization coverage of children? See, we're coming to a time where, unfortunately, the... Uh, Religious, religious exemption vaccinations, they're not going to honor that. What the common theme I'm seeing regarding this, and we're going to be looking at this later, is that the people in the government right now are being told that this coming, most likely three-part flu shot that will be introduced in the fall will be mandatory, you will not be able to deny it for any religious conviction or whatever because what they're saying is that they need to create this, quote, herd immunity, meaning everybody needs to be vaccinated and all those that aren't are a public health risk to all the others because they haven't been had this poison injected into them and therefore they may... they may um, put all the other people at risk. Well... The thing is, if you think about that, if, if supposedly the vaccinations really work, what, what do the people that are vaccinated have to worry about? I mean, let's be logical here. If you're vaccinated, that should be it, right? Why do you have to worry about anyone else? If they don't want to get it, what's that? That's their right. That's their choice. I mean, if you really think they're going to get it, I mean, isn't it still a free country, you'd think? doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I mean, hey, if these vaccines work, then those people are going to be safe, right? Who cares if the other people don't get vaccinated then? I mean, in their mind, even if they're in a sick mind of way of thinking, you know, hey, if they die, that's their problem. I'm not saying I think that way, but I'm saying, what do they care? See, it's, it's way more than that. This is about depopulation. This is about global genocide. This is about fulfilling the first commandment of the Georgia Guidestones, which is the Ten Commandments of the, of the uh, New Age, of the coming one world system of the Antichrist. And the first commandment is to reduce world population to 500 million. Now, I did a whole, you go up on the YouTube, and um, I've mentioned the Georgia Guidestones before, but on my presentation on YouTube, just key in Dr. Scott Johnson, it's the first or second slide in two presentations I did up there. 
And I show you a picture of the Georgia Guidestones, or you can look it up on the internet. And uh, I believe it's in Elbert County, Georgia. And uh, they've got a whole, it's like, it's called America's Stonehenge. Stonehenge is pagan. And you can go look at it for yourself. They've got to reduce world population, is, is how they feel. Well, Satan comes to kill, steal, destroy. Why should that surprise us? Now, the Lord Jesus Christ is on the throne. And that's what we never need to lose sight of regarding that. Not cowering in fear about this, but realizing that whatever state that you're in, not only to be content, but also that the Lord can protect you no matter what happens. Uh, They could have, you could be surrounded by military. They could have missiles pointed at you, tanks, the whole nine yards. None of that matters if the Lord Jesus Christ isn't going to permit that to happen to you. But you have to have the faith to believe that. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. You can't do it. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. So, we just have to have faith to understand that no matter how dark it's going to get in the coming times, the Lord's perfectly capable of protecting us. And that he chose you to live in this particular time for a very specific reason. It's really an honor. It may be the most horrific time the world's ever known, but the fact remains is that there's more people on the planet right now than the world's ever known, by far, most likely. I mean, it's hard to be dogmatic about pre-flood numbers, but we're, we're in a time that really, uh, right on the cusp of the book of Revelation, essentially, the, you know, coming to pass in, in Daniel, and then these types of things. So, just bear in mind that the Lord has you here for a reason. What that reason may be may not be apparent right now, but we can always pray and fast and, and uh, try to educate others and try to help others. Uh, and, you know, just try to help other people. That's what it's about. Be a servant to other people. Or whatever your calling may be. We're the body of Christ. Not everybody has the same function in the body of Christ. The Bible says, can the finger you know, say to the eye or the eye say to the finger, depart of me, I have no need of you. So we all have our own, our own different little niches that, that we're, you know, that the Lord deems very important. So if we go further, uh, let's go to the next part. Now I wanted to bring this up, even though this hasn't been brought up at all during this whole thing on the swine flu. I want to remind you, my listeners, and I want to remind whoever might be listening to this, that there's another aspect of this that is a whole other reason not to take these vaccinations. Okay, and again, that's your choice. I'm just giving you the facts out there. Vaccinations may serve not only as a vehicle for experimenting on the public with viruses, but a method of tracking the experimentation, meaning tracking you. Researchers have noted that vaccinations could be the perfect vehicle for tracking American citizens through injectable microchips, which have recently become available. Such microchips can now be read external to the body and could contain information about both the vaccine recipient and the medications he was injected with. 
This would allow American corporations to conduct sophisticated experiments by tracking both the experimental vaccine additives and the people they were injected into, much like IBM helped the Nazis to track their concentration camp inmates. Did you know IBM did? Oh yeah, there's all kind of information on that. The We the People Will Not Be Chipped.com. Uh, he's a personal friend of mine. We the People Will Not Be Chipped.com. He's got more information on that site about that particular subject than my grandma used to say you could shake a stick at. She, he's got all kind of stuff there on, on this whole microchip uh, subject. So yeah, I would highly advise you to go up there. So let's go further. Uh, the Nazis did this, and the experiments were were subjected to through its early data processing equipment used exclusively by the Third Reich. Again, the Third Reich, the Nazi Germany, exclusively used IBM. They had punch card systems and things of this nature in order to track people, because tracking is very important. Uh, whenever you're trying to implement totalitarianism, a, a fascist dictatorship, uh, whatever you want to call it, they need to know where everybody's at. Such a plan would dovetail nicely with other proposed measures geared toward total, total surveillance of the American public under the guise of, of protecting it from enemies created by its business elites. Uh, let's go further. This was an article. So, you, you know, I could just say that and you could say, oh, yeah, what proof do you have of that? That they have injectable microchips. Well, let's look at what they've got. This is from 11805, four years ago. Now, it's kind of funny because what I noticed about this, I used a couple of these slides when I went on the tour for the avion flu when I did that tour around America. And there's been a little bit that's come out since then. But regarding this current swine flu, you know, supposed epidemic, there's been very little said about this particular subject, about injectable microchips. A lot of the information that I even referenced before seems to have been sanitized. I have a very hard time finding a lot about this particular subject. And I'm talking about um, not so much all these big injectable microchips, but even the really small ones that we'll be talking about. There's just not a lot about said, but you have to understand this could easily be one of the, quote, additives in the vaccinations. And we're going to look at that in a second. This first article is entitled, The New Implantable Biochip Could Provide a Quick Bird Flu Test. This is from Reuters. It's not like it's, you know, it's a supposedly a reputable source out of Washington, 11805, U.S. researchers introduce new implantable biochip that can test for 11 different influenza strains, including the avian flu. In less than a quarter of time, it now takes to diagnose the flu in one patient. One developer says this new technology should help to provide better global influenza surveillance. Now, that's just a matter-of-fact statement, right, from Reuters. They inject you with this microchip, and it can actually diagnose the different strains of avian flu and supposedly tell you which one you have. And if you have the deadly one, it can do it in a quarter of the time. So, hey, where do I sign up? You know, you can even go through now. They're going to have these stations where you can drive up, and they'll just jab you right in the shoulder. Now, that's for the vaccines. 
again, you haven't heard a lot about this exactly lately, but it is a technology they have. I think what they may have realized is that that might be a little too aggressive to implement initially. They may try this after an outbreak because if people start dropping dead, people are going to be more desperate. So then what's what's going to end up happening is... Um, that's our cat. I'm sorry, we got interrupted there. Um, but yeah, th- so these... Uh, once desperation sets in regarding the coming pandemic. Now, you know, I've been talking about this a lot of years, and, and I, I believe it's it's a matter of time, unless the Lord intervenes, that something like this is going to go down. They've invested way too much effort, way too many billions, way too much propaganda, way too much legislation to not pull the trigger on this particular scenario. And it's... It's really the perfect thing for them because they can try to come out smelling like a rose and say, we're just doing this because we're trying to protect you. You know, we're just wanting to vaccinate you and you take these drugs and, you know, all these draconian measures. You're going to have to give up a lot of your rights and a lot of your sovereignty. True. But we're just doing it to protect you. I mean, come on. It's it's give and take. That's That's how they're going to present this. So... The next article is from Reuters again. Now, this is from 324.08, so this is a lot more recent. This is out of Singapore, and it's called ST-Micro Launches a Chip to Detect Bird Flu. Europe's top semiconductor maker, STM-Microelectronics, says that it has developed a portable injectable microchip called VeriFlu to detect influenza viruses, including bird flu in humans. The device, which functions as a mini-laboratory on a chip, can screen, identify multiple classes of pathogens and genes in a single diagnostic test within two hours. Unlike other tests available on the market that can detect only one strain at a time and require days or weeks to obtain results. So see, it's going to really sound good. I guarantee you at some point they're going to implement this. I haven't heard a lot about it lately, but again, it's probably... Who knows? We We could hear about this very soon again. Because uh, once people's panic level reaches a certain point, they're not going to be thinking about, well, it's a microchip. You know, They're just going to be thinking about, it can help me. Most people. So the chip can differentiate between human strains of influenza A and B viruses, drug-resistant strains, and mutated variants, including the avion or the H5N1 strain. It's from Reuters. Here's another one from 22806. It's called Quick Diagnosis of Flu, Stains Possible strains, I'm sorry, possible with new microchip. Uh, This is from scientists at the University of Colorado Boulder, Centers for Disease Control, and Centers for Disease Prevention, have developed an injectable microchip that may allow more labs to diagnose influenza's infections and learn more about the viruses called illnesses. The flu chip, it's called the flu chip, successfully distinguishes among 72 influenza strains, including the H5N1, which is what we've heard all the press about up until this year when we had the H1N1. Before that, it was the H5N1, which actually is it's the one I did all of my teachings on in, in that uh, presentation I did up on the Internet. The H5N1 uh, avian bird flu virus is uh, at least has been much more lethal than the swine flu. I mean, there's been these infinitesimal amounts of deaths 
from the swine flu, and yet we're at a level six pandemic. There's been no more people that have killed, been killed from the swine flu than the regular flu, the regular influenza. In fact, there's probably far less. But again, it's not about if it's a real threat. It's about an agenda they're pushing. Okay, They're trying to create all this panic over something that has you know, killed this, percentage-wise, this infinitesimal amount of people. Now, H5N1, the, the other one that, I, that I've talked more about in times past, the, the bird flu, that has a very high kill rate. It's over, uh, if you contract it, it's about 60-some percent in that range. So that one really is uh, deadly. But again, there's more to that story than just that statement that I just made. And if you want to get the full lowdown, go up in, in, into uh, either Sermon Audio, Key, and Avion. I think the first one I got into that, the first study I did on Avion Flu, it would be the oldest one on Sermon Audio. Or up on YouTube, you can watch those. It's even up on Google as well. You can watch that and, and give you the full education on that. Okay, so if we go further... Uh, let's see here. And again, this is being this this last uh, flu chip. The research was led by University of Colorado. Was funded by National Health Institutes uh, of Allergy and Infectious Diseases and the National Institute of Health. So these are all really big governmental institutions that are that are uh, behind this. The next article is entitled "Injectable Microchip is Four Hundredth." the size of a grain of salt. Now this is where this is what you're not hearing a lot about today. Now, this article was from the Telegraph in, out of the UK um, and it was from 121503. Okay, so we've got or I'm sorry, 21503. So it this has been over um, at, you know, at this point over 6 years. Now, you know if they had the technology back then, what do they have perfected now? What might they be slipping into vaccines right now? Not just the ones they're going to inject everybody with, but what might they be slipping into all of the vaccines? If if they had microchips back then that they were admitting to that were 400 the size of a grain of salt, do you think they would have to list that in the ingredient list? I mean, you would, you would literally have to take the vaccine and put it under a microscope at a certain power even to pick this up. And I don't know, I mean, I'm not exactly sure how they would present themselves on a microscope screen, uh, like a slide, but that's what they were admitting to. This article goes on to say a microscopic computer so tiny that 400, 400 could fit on a grain of salt will begin to revolutionize electronics soon. I haven't heard a lot about this, though. Now, maybe in the computer industry you have, but not in injectable microchips. The memory device due to be produced at the end of 2004 is the size of a human cell. Pretty undetectable to me. Making it the most compact electronic chip ever, Dr. Ellen Bajin, a physicist at the MITRE Corporation, told the American Association that it would be the densest memory ever meaning it was more dense, the memory on that, than anything they've ever developed. Uh, They go on to say, when they introduced the IBM personal computer, it came with 16 kilobytes of memory. Eight times this. 
he said, you would have shrunk the memory of an old IBM PC into the space of about eight human cells. It's awfully small. This is what the physicist said. Uh, he goes on to say that stacking the chips on top of each other will create what they call injectable nanorobots. And it should be possible to store a gigabyte of information on a device about the size of a grain of salt. A gigabyte is a lot of information. The Pentagon's Defense Advanced Research Project Agency, or DARPA, is funding the project. Now, DARPA has a lovely logo that I actually printed out, and you can go up on the internet and click the PDF file to see this, or you can research it yourself. Um, and it has the all-knowing eye of Lucifer, or Horus, on top of the truncated pyramid, just like we have on the back of our dollar bill, and the all-knowing eye of Lucifer is actually looking down over, it's a picture of a globe. So we have this global surveillance under Lucifer, and uh, this is what DARPA's logo looks like. So that's, you know, that's comforting. Uh, so yeah, these injectable nanorobots, that's another whole other thing. They can actually program these things when they inject them into you. Now, and again, <laughs> this is not anything. If they were doing this, it's not anything you're going to see on the ingredient list. I guarantee you that. Because there's no possible way they're going to be able to justify that. You know, but yeah, well, there's also 500 microchips in the, in the vaccine. You know, I mean, uh, yeah, you could you could maybe justify the flu shot uh, microchip where it can diagnose the flu. There seems to be a proposed benefit there. But these are injectable microchips, and from what I've read about them, what they can actually do is they can actually program these things to carry out missions in the body, and they can actually be activated. Let's say you get out of line, they can put they can put a death program. If they have some way of influencing that chip, if they are tracking you and they know where you're at, you may be hiding out, and they activate this program in the chip where these little guys go to work and you're dead. Or, you know, they do this or they do that. It's, it's hard to fathom the type of technology that they have. I'm probably not really doing it justice. But just something to think about. And it's something that hasn't really been mentioned in regard to all of this swine flu fervor. Now, I'm not saying this is the mark of the beast because the Bible's very clear. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a mark in the right hand or the forehead. And without it, you're not going to be able to buy or sell or do. Okay, so this obviously is not that. So people ask me. I've done several teachings on the mark of the beast. I think four total. If you go up to the keyword search box on my homepage and just key in mark, M-A-R-K, you'll find all the teachings I've done on that. So in light of the information presented, it is highly probable that injectable microchips will be will evidently be used with a host of vaccines and, and possibly other drugs. It is also a proven fact that the U.S. government has experimented on the American populace for decades. For further evidence of this, I give you two different websites you can go to, apfn.org, www.apfn.org, and www.libertypost.org. LibertyPost.org. Uh, Dr. Stan Monteith did a study on that on depopulation where it shows all the ways that they've experimented on the American populace. I mean, it's one thing after another after another. And it's proven it's not like they're making this stuff up. 
Um, the next article is entitled, The U.S. Has Bought 195 Million Doses of the H1N1. So now that we've got you all nice and cozy about the vaccines, let's see what the government, um, I mean, I know this is a feel-good study, you know, is what I'm, the point I'm trying to make. I'm just being a little sarcastic there, I guess. But U.S. has bought 195 million doses of the H1N1 vaccine. This is again from Reuters. This is from July 23, 2009. This is just three days ago. The U.S. government has 195 million doses of H1N1 swine flu vaccine for a possible autumn vaccination campaign. Now, this is all the research I'm seeing. Is, is they're going to pull the trigger on this no later than in the fall. Kids will all be back in school. We'll have more time to for them to build this up at that point. It's the time when people come down with the flu anyway. Kids go back to school. There's more people around one another. They're going to have more of an excuse. Not only that, they're going to be in school and they'll have to, they'll be able to use that more as an excuse to implement this. Um, because, you know, if you don't, then you can't go to school. So this was, um, this was, this was stated by a U.S. federal official. The U.S. Health and Human Services Department has also contracted for 100 million, 120 million doses of adjuvant, a compound to stretch the number of doses of the vaccine needed. This is probably going to be squalene is the adjuvant or the additive. And again, we've talked about squalene, how it's absolutely the, the unbelievably horrific side effects it has when injected into the human body. And we're going to look a little bit more at that today as well, just to refresh your memory. Uh, so this is under the influence of the, F, the FDA. Five companies are making the H1N1 vaccine on the U.S. market. AstraZeneca, MedImmune Unit, Australia's CSL LTD, GlaxoSmithKline, Novartis, and Sanofi Aventis. Now, just I'm going to give you, uh, I included this in, this is the write-up to my, the avian flu uh, presentation I did up on uh, Google and YouTube. And this is just the write-up. So again, this is a really good overview of things. What we're talking about today, are we're getting more into specifics. But the general overview of what is the total agenda behind this, this would be a very good thing for you to view if you've never seen it. Um, and I'm just going to read you the overview of this study. In recent years, the specter of avian bird flu has been hanging over mankind like a sharp sword. And again, now it's swine. But, but again, the swine is part avian. And again, it's not, if you see my other studies, it's not so much that we're going to contract something. It's what is, what is what's actually in the vaccines that is creating this problem. Uh, experts have repeatedly stepped to a news microphone to warn that human deaths could be reach into the hundreds of millions nationwide. A death carried by birds uh, in their global migratory patterns. And now, you know, we have the swine and the other two. A TV show entitled Fatal Contact even aired depicting so many fatalities that the bodies were carried away in dump trucks. When this show aired back in, the, back in May of 2006, I was actually on... The, a 14-city tour of America entitled The Avion Flu, Killer of Millions. And again, that DVD is available up on Cutting Edge. Um, 
but I've also put it up on YouTube and Google, so you can kind of see the same thing for free um, up there. This teaching is an updated version of that presentation. Okay, the teaching that I've got online when I was uh, what I was talking about there. So this the show fatal contact. I wasn't able to see it because I was speaking that night, and it, it had this picture. They had they were advertised. It had this little picture of a little girl with a teddy bear, and she had one of these worthless uh, painter's masks on, essentially over her mouth. With and she was behind barbed wire fence in a quarantine zone. That was the, that's the image they're wanting to project. Okay, because if you don't take these coming vaccines, they're going to say you're a menace to public health and you need to go to the concentration camps that they've all got set up on their nice FEMA rail cars that are also all set up. Okay, now I'm not saying that so you go around in absolute, utter, total, abject fear and these types of things. Remember, the fear of man bringeth a snare. The fear of man bringeth a snare. And we're going to be looking at the biblical remedy for this in a little bit. Bible verses you need to be dwelling on, praying, fasting, these types of things. Knowing that the Lord Jesus Christ can deliver you from any uh, trouble, and, and if, he, if he doesn't and you have to go through this, and worst case scenario, they end up killing you. Absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You know, So the martyrs that died uh, in Fox's Book of Martyrs and these types of things, a lot of times you would read them where they were actually being burned and these types of things. Worst case scenario, and they weren't even feeling it. They were preaching while they were being burned with their Bible around their necks. Things like this. And God can do that. You have to have the faith, though, to believe that he can do that. And I'm, I'm, what I'm doing is I'm giving worst and best case scenario. Best case, God preserves you. You're, you're um, spared from this. You're accounted worthy to escape all the things that are coming upon the earth. And then worst case scenario, you're not. And you suffer. But that in and of itself is a great honor. You know, to suffer and die for the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, because a lot of this is going to boil down to, um, you know, that very issue. Particularly as we move further into the end times. Okay, so if we go further... This teaching is an updated version of this presentation. This is my description. The teaching covers much more than avian flu and can be used as a, quote, ice-breaking education tool for both saved and unsaved who may not understand these issues. I endeavor to present the big picture of this presentation and point people to our only hope for any calamity, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Recently, I've gotten several confirmations that the avian flu card will be played soon, and again, in this case, it's more like swine, but... That's part avion. Uh, and it is really long overdue. Topics that are included in the presentation are proof that the Illuminati telegraphs their punches prior to cataclysmic events, why the avion flu is the perfect vehicle vehicle for world depopulation, what the globalist elite are planning for Americans, why the avion flu could be a repeat of the Spanish flu of 1918 that killed millions, vaccinations, injectable microchips, uh, Potential kill rates, food shortage, food shortages, forced vaccinations, Project BioShield, and quarantines. I will also extensively cover proactive steps that you can take to protect your families and yourself. For a complete listing of the recommendations in this presentation, and I give you a link here you can go to. It's up on the internet. It's like three pages of my proactive 
links that you can click in, things that you should probably be doing. Uh, some of them don't cost you any money. Some of them, you know, would. It, it depends what you can do. Whatever you're convicted, the Lord have you do, you know, just do what you can. The Bible says, The prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. And most of the Laodicean lukewarm church is just going about their life footloose and fancy free. They're neither hot nor cold. They think they're in need of nothing, yet they don't know that they're wretched, weak, naked, blind, as the Bible talks about in Revelation 3 regarding the Laodicean church. That's That's how they're going through life. Right now, and they'll be lining up to get their vaccinations and their flu shots, and their 501c3 pastors are going to be there quelling dissent and herding them together and telling them to be good little Nazis and do whatever the government tells you to do, citing Romans 13. We've done all kinds of studies on this. The government's telling you to do something wicked or evil. You know, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I would rather obey God than serve man. You know, that's what we need to keep in the forefront of our thinking. And if you have any doubts on Romans 13, key in Romans 13 or 501c3 or just 501 in the keyword search box on my homepage and you can see what the modern day corporate church has turned into in America for the most part and how they're going to be used mightily as a tool of Satan in order to implement in part, all of the stuff that we're talking about today. They're going to be used as a vehicle. These churches are actually going to be places where you go to get vaccinated or where they round you up and take you away because they know where you're going to be. The next article is entitled uh, Senate Bill 666. I'm not making this up. Senate Bill 666 is called the Biological, Chemical, and Radiological Weapons Countermeasures Research Act of 2003. And it paved the way for government funding of Baxter, Novartis, and uh, GlaxoSmithKline in the bioweapons research. Senate Bill 666 um, gave incentives to private industry in the USA to conduct research into bioweapons What are bioweapons? Biological weapons. Well, vaccine could very much be that. A bioweapon that's injected into you to kill you or at bare minimum make you real sick or easy to control and or track. And again, I can't be dogmatic about the injectable microchips, but, you know, (laughs) how, I mean, just from what I presented so far, do you trust them? Would you put it past them? I mean, you know, just if we look at it that way. So allegedly... This research into bioweapons is is being done allegedly to fill gaps in the U.S. biodefensive procurement programs. John Rockefeller, I mean, we trust him, was on on a key Senate finance committee reviewing the bill which channeled amounts of government money into private biotechnology, pharmaceutical companies such as Baxter, in order to develop bioweapons. We're going to be talking more about Baxter. Remember, they're the company that was caught sending contaminated H5N1 bird flu to 18 different countries. They were caught red-handed. If that would have happened, and I really believe it was divine intervention, it didn't happen, there would have been millions slaughtered. Okay? And that's why it's important to understand, if they could have implemented their agenda, we would have all been under this in 1984. If Lord Maitreya, or Devil Betraya, as I like to call him, 
was was accurate, you know, he would have manifested it was like 1983 or 82. The the point is is the devil has wanted to implement this plan for a long time. But the devil is subject to what the Lord Jesus Christ and Father God basically let him do. Remember, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the Bible says, But God shall send them strong delusion, that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who receive not the love of the truth. God is actually the one sending the strong delusion as judgment for this wicked world and the wicked choices we've made. Now, I'm not going to include the body of Christ in on that, okay? but in general, okay, judgment... Well, judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. And judgment is coming to this world because of all the wickedness. Look at all the blood, innocent blood that's been shed alone. Over a billion abortions since, you know, the early 1900s. And, and it, who knows, maybe two billion. But on the books, over a billion. A billion babies slaughtered in the last hundred years. That's incomprehensible. There's so much innocent blood on this land, you can't even conceive of it. That alone would be all the reason the Lord would need to bring judgment on this world. But truly, He is long-suffering and He is merciful. But ultimately, God is going to be the one that says, that sends the strong delusion. Read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I mean, and that's regarding the Antichrist coming about and the, and the lawless one and the, you know, the whole nine yards, the falling away of the church, the wicked one being revealed, the Antichrist, it's all about that. It's the exact day and time that we're moving into. So this, what we're talking about today, is, is really strong delusion. So understand, the Lord's permitting this to happen. But there's also people out there that are screaming about this, not just me, but a lot of other people, a lot of people reaching a lot more people than me, that are trying to get the word out so that we're not destroyed for lack of knowledge. Going further, so John Rockefeller, I mean, I feel good about John Rockefeller giving money to Baxter, the one that I just talked about that sent the tainted bird flu to 18 countries. I mean, you know, we can trust Rockefeller, right? And the Rothschilds and the Illuminati families. I mean, they're trustworthy. The Lieberman-Hatch bill, which is actually what the Senate Bill 666 was called, introduced incentives for companies to detect and weaponize viruses. Weaponize viruses? Yeah. And also find diagnostics against the viruses. The Rockefeller family is also the largest sponsor of the World Health Organization. We're going to be talking more about them. Arlene Rockefeller is an executive vice president of the State Street Global Advisors and is the Global Equities CIO. I mean, this is just unbelievable. So that's Senate Bill 666. I mean, there are no red flags there, right? I mean, hey. Well, let's talk a little bit more about that number 666. This one's entitled the EU 666 Biodefense Stockpile and the US 666 Biodefense Stockpile. This is from July 20th. This just came out of this year. Here is a data sheet. And again, you can go up on my PDF file to see this. Here is a data sheet about a vaccine called 
Prepandrix that's made by GlaxoSmithKline, which is one of the companies I've already mentioned, which contains the following entries. Now, they got this right off the, the, um, the data sheet about this drug, and you can, there's a link here you can click on and look at it for yourself. The regulatory status index, I'm going to skip all the other things, but part of this regulatory status index regarding this particular vaccine is EU666 biodefense stockpile and US666 biodefense stockpile. They go on to say, now, I'm not taking any vaccine regardless of what number sequences are associated with it. But let's clear something up. Prepandrix is a bird flu vaccine for the H5N1, which is the one that, again, I've talked about a lot in times past, the one we've heard all the press about, the one that has over a 60% kill rate. Uh, these two codes, these two 666 codes, are associated with the smallpox vaccine as well, and on a more individual basis, about two dozen other substances. Out of curiosity, I tried to determine what these two codes mean beyond the phrase biodefense stockpile um, that appears next to the entries. And then she gives you an, a reference to go to these codes if you want to research it more. So it's just kind of weird, you know, there's a bird flu vaccine there with these two codes there. Uh, here's another thing. This came out very recently, which is uh, the premeditated genocide and depopulation plan. Baxter, which is this other company we've talked about, applied for a potentially deadly flu vaccination patent uh, long before the current crisis. And I give you a copy of the front page of the patent. It's official. It was applied for in October, or, I'm sorry, August 28th, 2008, now this is, these are the same ones that sent out the tainted bird flu. They applied for this last year, August 28, 2008, and uh, evidently it was approved of March 5, 2009 this year. And I, I looked at this vaccine, and it, man alive, they, they use more formaldehyde in this thing than you can imagine. Formaldehyde is what they embalm people with. It's embalming fluid. Highly toxic. I mean, it's fine, I guess, if you're dead. You know, what, what, you know you're not going to have a whole lot to object to then. But when you inject it into a live human being, the, you know, it's got a lot of side effects. And that's just one of the many things in it. And all of these vaccines are like a witch's brew. Literally. It is truly pharmacia. It's like you, you, you see a witch over a big black cauldron, you know, and they put in the eye of Newt and the, you know toad whatever legs or whatever they use. Well, it's kind of like what you see with these vaccines. We're going to look at the ingredient list on just the regular vaccine um, a little bit later, just so you can have an idea. Now, um, I think I'm going to go to my next part here, because I'm going to, in the next part I'm going to give you more of the biblical remedy. We're going to be looking at some Bible verses, and uh, then we'll segue back into this. So, we'll see you for part two.